Welcome to StartupCTO.io, the podcast where Miles Mathias and Kevin Owaki interview engineering leaders about management, startups, and software, because your CS degree didn't teach you to lead. And now, StartupCTO.io. Hi there. I've got a special bonus episode for you all this week. Episode 0.8 of our podcast was a Boulder Startup Week episode about Zcash, a privacy-centric blockchain. Zcash payments are published on a public blockchain, but the sender, recipient, and the amount of the transaction remain private. Zcash has an all-star roster of cryptographers. A lot of people are really excited about a blockchain that enables truly anonymous transactions on the web and believe that Zcash could be a top five blockchain within a year. And today, they're launching their version 1.0.0. To celebrate their launch, I'm reposting our Zcash episode, episode 0.8. Enjoy. Okay, I'm Zuko, and uh, Zcash is is my thing. And what Zcash is, is encrypted Bitcoin. And apparently, you know a lot about Bitcoin already, judging from your questions. Um, What I think is important about Bitcoin is that it's an open, permissionless financial system, which I think is really revolutionary all by itself, right there. And um, <clears throat> it, one of the facts about Bitcoin is that if you make a tra- so what's, what that means to be open, open or permissionless is that anybody on the internet can send some money to anybody else on the internet without requiring the permission of anyone else. But when you do that with Bitcoin, that leaves a trace of the sender's address, Bitcoin address, and the recipient's Bitcoin address, and the amount of value that was transferred. So those addresses, Bitcoin addresses, are just random-looking strings of numbers, right? And so when Bitcoin was new, there was a lot of excitement about the idea that it was private. And that's totally wrong, because that record of the links from one address to the next address and the amount transferred is is part of a permanent public record that anyone on the Internet can see. And it reminds me of how in the early days of the Internet, IPv4 addresses are just four random dotted quad numbers. They don't have your name in them. And so people thought that that meant that the internet was private. But, you know, after 10 or 15 years of its evolution, we came to understand that that's not at all sufficient to make what you do with the internet safe against someone spying on you or threatening you or hacking your computer or whatever. You need a lot more. Uh, Likewise with Bitcoin, it's a really great start, but if it's possible for people to trace and observe what you're doing, then it's not permissionless after all because someone who's sufficiently powerful or has the ability to threaten you can say, um, you won't do certain things without my permission. So in order to have a real open permissionless financial system, we need another step. So what we've done in Zcash is made a a Bitcoin-like blockchain in which all of the information is encrypted on the blockchain so that that sender address, recipient address, and value transferred is not visible to everyone in the world. And then that information can be revealed to the authorized parties who need to see it, such as the recipient. You want to let them know that you paid them, so you show them in the blockchain the transaction. But that doesn't mean everyone else in the world gets to see the transaction. Why would I do such a thing? Well, I care a lot about privacy, and a lot of people in the world really care about privacy. I think that privacy makes society stronger and safer and more prosperous, And even beyond that, I think that privacy is necessary for human values, for intimate relationships, for human dignity, and for having the freedom to make moral choices. 
And that's why I really got started on this. But there's something else that's really important about it, this notion of fungibility. Okay, who doesn't know what fungibility means? Lots of people don't know. That's totally fine and normal. Fungibility means if you're selling your bike and somebody wants to buy it from you for $100 and they have two $100 bills, you don't care which one you take because all $100 bills are worth the same to you. Whereas if you were selling something and somebody were offering you, oh, I have two used cars, which used car do you want in return for your thing? Now you really care which one you choose because every used car is a unique and special snowflake. So, um, so that's another problem with the Bitcoin and Ethereum design. So Piper's thing, Piper's story was predicated on this technology called Ethereum, which is a lot like Bitcoin. It's one of the children of Bitcoin. And Zcash is another child of Bitcoin. Uh, so with both Bitcoin and Ethereum, as well as not having privacy, I think they will also lose fungibility because every Bitcoin and every Ether is a unique and special snowflake that people may, you may go to buy a bike someday and say, I have two Ethers, which one do you want? And they'll say, I don't know, that one is recently used in the Ukraine and I've got some friends I need to deal with in Russia, so I'll take the other one. Once you start having to choose between $100 bills, then that's friction in the gears of commerce, right? So even if you don't care about privacy, which you should, uh, you definitely care about fungibility because you care about being able to get paid and do your business. Oh, and then the last thing, Piper mentioned that Bitcoin and Ethereum and blockchains are kind of just like shared databases. And in particular, somebody asked about um, the uh, financial industry pouring a lot of money into this technology because it's useful as a shared database. And if you have a shared database and you want to put data in it, most there might be like a few cases where you want to put data in and everyone who has access to it can see all the data. But most of the time, you want to put data in and then you want to reveal that data to only some of the participants. So... My point is that by adding this encryption layer to Bitcoin, we have not only made private transactions, but potentially other private database applications. You guys haven't been interrupting me. I'm up to six minutes, yeah, I and I questions. think this is my last slide. Cool. Wait, no, yeah, wait. I've got some questions. Okay, good. Uh, I'm gonna leave, wait, no, save it. I'm going to finish this. <laughs> and then... Because I'm going to have, like, eight minutes at the end for as many questions as you have. So the, the topic of this was supposed to be the world in 2026 and that was really hard for me to th think about. Like, I'm going to start up and my timeline is like four months. Yes, four months. And uh, so I'm glad I uh, got the opportunity to speak here and had to think a little further ahead. For one thing, I think Piper's story is totally not going to happen by 2026. But, <laughs> but I think it's, it's going to start happening or at least parts of it, are going to start happening. And in particular, I think there's going to be this interesting divergence between technology and society. Like Bitcoin was a, was a technological revolution. Me and a lot of other technologists of my ilk were, you know, totally agog over it when we found out about it. But that was like seven years ago, right? And most people haven't heard of it yet. A lot of people in this room have, but a lot of people outside of this room have never heard of Bitcoin so I think 10 years is not very long for a technological innovation like Ethereum to even get known by people, much less to yet have those widespread technological effects. Um, so when I say divergence, I think the technology is really accelerating. Like many of those bizarre sounding things that Piper talked about are actually implemented 
now. The only thing I'm disagreeing with is whether uh, a huge nation like the United States would start depending on them in the next 10 years. But they're rapid, they, they and many more fantastic innovations built on top of them, I think, will continue to come out over the next 10 years. And one other thing that I was thinking about is it might be possible that some other societies, not the United States, might have a radical revolutionary change, like similar to how Piper talked about. Because probably at least once a year, once every other year, a major country has an economic crisis in which their currency disappears and everyone's life savings is evaporated and nobody can get toilet paper. And it could be possible, but, but I mean, like that's happening right now in Venezuela, but they still have Twitter. They still have the internet, but they don't have toilet paper. Right? It might be possible within the next 10 years that there's some country where people are using Bitcoin or Zcash or Ethereum or a combination because they get paid by foreign uh, clients that way or something. So they're aware of it and they're using it. And then their homegrown government like collapses and their currency collapses. Uh, but they can continue using Bitcoin and Ethereum and Zcash because they still have the internet running. So that's something that I could see actually happening in the next 10 years. Um, that's all I had to say, and we've got like five minutes. <laughs> you first. Cool. Uh, yeah. So my first question is, uh, or let me preface by saying, very cool uh, platform. Thanks. I, I like the basis for it. Uh, however, isn't the obfuscation of public keys leading to, in the wake of like the release of Panama Papers, isn't that an enabling factor for those that want to be able to manipulate that money without? having the public eyes watching it, right? Mm, sort of. Like, I could see why you'd say that. But um, people who, like, rich and powerful people and, like, crime lords and people like that are totally have carte blanche, right? They, they laundered, like, $10 billion through HSBC. Mm-hmm. The Panama Papers is just an embarrassment to them, but it's not going to slow them down, right? This, these kind of technologies are Internet-wide technologies for everyone who can use the Internet, and that's a much more important consequence than... Maybe rich people and current lords will also use it, but I don't think it'll make a big difference to their operations. Is that what the FBI thinks, or is that just what you think? <laughs> that's a good question. I haven't asked them yet. I'll let, the, I'll let you know if we, if we talk about that. Can I ask you a quick question? Is it necessary to encrypt the blockchain to obfuscate the source? Why can't we just delete... The, the records from the, the blockchain to to prevent you know to prevent a uh, a stigma being associated with particular. There, there are a few different techniques that have a similar right. similar increase in privacy and fungibility. Uh, mine is the best, of course, which is encrypting the blockchain. But isn't there isn't there isn't, doesn't that introduce a massive amount of overhead? It has or, some. It has some. It has some processing penalties, but those penalties are for the are at the endpoints of people who are using it. They're not. Um, they're not really a, a scaling problem for the blockchain itself. I don't think. Okay, but I guess if we could, if the blockchain, the, the capacity of the whole network has to increase in any case, right? So to, to be well, able to for more and more people to be able to do more and more right. stuff. Right. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Because there's more and more users. Mm-hmm. I agree, yeah, and I don't think the I don't think the encryption we've added might interfere with that, but I think it's probably an overcomable technical right, problem, right. not a killer like societal we'll, problem. We'll overcome it before it becomes an issue. I hope so. Yeah, let's.
It's fun. Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of questions about Zcash. Uh, so is it distributed like Bitcoin is? Yeah. Oh, uh, it's going to launch the Genesis block in September. There's a testnet, like alpha quality software that you can play with right now. It's widely anticipated by certain like Bitcoin fans who loved Bitcoin when it originally came out because it promised decentralization and privacy. But it turns out that Bitcoin has neither, but Zcash hopes to revive that. How much is Bitcoin currently being used? Any predictions on its trajectory? Use of Bitcoin, you ask? That's an interesting question. It's, there was a hype cycle about like a year or two ago when we heard a lot about Bitcoin, and it didn't take off. It didn't do that exponential explosion that you know startups and VCs want to see. That was a big downer for those people. But it has steadily increased, sort of just not exponentially, just gradually all along for the last several years. It can, uh, my predictions, I don't have a strong prediction about adoption of it for payments or for international payments or for a use of store value or whatever. I do have a strong prediction that it'll continue to be a, a network of innovation along with Ethereum and hopefully Zcash after it launches is because it's an open permissionless thing, there are all these small companies in all around the world who are building on top of it because they don't have to, they don't become vulnerable to some large company or, or government or partner when they build on top of it. So I think that hub of innovation is eventually going to lead to some really valuable breakthrough, possibly one of the several that Piper described. That's my prediction. I think we have time for one more question. Uh, I don't think so. No, for, well, so A, we're not doing anything illegal or wrong. B, we also um, spend a lot of effort trying to make sure we won't get in trouble despite that. Okay. You won't get in trouble, but just take all your stuff, like Burt Wagner or something, right? Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but talking my about plan in... asset forfeiture. Basically, he was trading in Bitcoin and... Oh, yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Yes, and... and yeah. So he was trying to get Bitcoin, and so he would, his assets were, were, were seized. Huh. I think it's I, illegal, actually, isn't it? I don't, I don't think you can just create an alternative currency. I think that's illegal. No. No? There's not a federal law against it? It's... The, there's a there's a there's a notion that you can't issue currency, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm uh, developing a software protocol that does encryption, um, and if people run that software, then the result is that it makes this distributed system that people can use to transfer money. And this is the same thing that. Well, it's not my defense is not only semantics. It's also that if you arrested me, that wouldn't stop it from happening. <laughs> And it's also what it's also what Bitcoin and Ethereum have also done. Yeah, that's the whole concept. And there are many more besides Bitcoin and Ethereum. There are many smaller ones that have various different properties that have been launched. Other smaller children of Bitcoin, uh, but nobody's being arrested for having created one of those. Is, is that like if a, if a bank goes down, like money is still money? Right. I, I I'm more of a scientist, and I've sort of helped a bunch of other smarter scientists invent this knowledge, and we've published it in science papers and source code and documentation and all that. 
Um, but I'm not the owner or controller or manager of the actual currency. It's actually a distributed thing just like Bitcoin. So, you, so there's nobody standing there saying I'm the, the entity responsible for issuing the currency. So That's right. There's no issuer. It's so let's say that uh, we could have a whole talk just on just on this topic, but I'm really oh, trying sorry, to keep us, yeah. we'll keep us moving along. It's a good question. I, I'm I, I spend a lot of real U.S. dollars money on lawyers <laughs> to help me with those questions. I'll tell you all about it. Thank you, Zika. Thanks for listening. Find us at startupcto.io or on Twitter at startupctoio. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next episode.